team building events are terrible. They're just the least fun you can possibly have. There are many exceptions, but just you get dragged to these things. And if you do not have participant buy-in, they're not going to get anything from it. In fact, they could often bring other folks down and you have a net negative. So if you get people in any kind of team building event that want to be there, you've already won. So we engineer our content so that no matter who you are, if you were dragged there, if you desperately want to be there, young, very old, experienced or not, you're going to get something from this experience and you're going to get something while in collaboration with other folks and it's a home run. And so we're seeing not only, you know, great success, you know, financially with our company, but our clients are like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. And we can't really crank these things out fast enough because there's very few activities out there that have the collaborative and professional development elements where you become better and your morale grows, dot, 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 and you have maximum buy-in. People want to be there. It's been really, really successful for everyone involved, and we couldn't be happier. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Hello, Googleization Nation. This is Ira Wolf, your host again for Geek Skeezers and Googleization. We have another episode. We have a great one today. You know, right before the show, I was talking with our guest, which is Nate Martin from Puzzle Break. And Nate uh, is one of those guys that parents might have been complaining about when I wrote my book, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Wrote that in 2008. We talked about the four generations. In the workplace, we talked about how, how fast things were changing, and we talked about technology. But one of the complaints I used to hear from parents and employers and co-work managers, I don't want to say co-workers, but managers, was how kids were wasting their life playing video games. That's all they wanted to do was play video games. And we're going to hear from one of those guys who actually went to school to learn how to develop video games and then work for Microsoft and now has his own company that's doing very, very well. So for any parents who are worried about their kids just sitting back and maybe living in their basement and playing video games, not for everybody. Obviously, you need a lot of ambition. You need a goal. But there is a future in mind. There's a future. And we're going to talk to one of those guys, especially uh, we're going to be talking today about remote work, hybrid work, and how Nate and his company have made a Beyond the pivot, a, a huge shift just 13, 14 months ago, maybe it's about 15 months ago now, made a huge shift, transitioned their company because they went from very successful business to zero dollars, zero dollars in revenues overnight when the when our world was quarantined and shut down. And they, they pivoted within just a few weeks or shifted within just a few weeks. And they had two of their biggest revenue days in history over the last few months. So we're going to hear his story, how they did that, but especially how, what are some tools that you can use to really make not hybrid work, but remote work successful? How do you build teams in a remote environment? So we'll hear from Nate. Tomorrow, Wednesday, the 28th of July, 29th, we're going to be hosting another webinar. Uh, It's going to 
similar theme. We're going to be talking about reimagining tomorrow. So we're going to focus on adaptability. We're going to talk about how to adapt to grow in an FCDD world. For those who don't remember or if you're a new listener and not sure what FCDD is, it's our acronym for Effed Up World, and it stands for Frustrating, Confusing, Disappointing, and Distracting. And that's sort of, the, that's not sort of, that is the world that we are living in. Our registration is free. It's 1 p.m. Thursday, the 29th of July. If you can't make it, register anyway, because the replay will be available afterwards. And thanks, Roxy, for throwing up the link, but it's bit.live forward slash reimagine tomorrow. And again, please go up to the site and register for that. At the, we'll be talking in the second part of the show, talking a little bit about webinar, about adaptability, but we're also going to talk about something that I've been passionate about. My very first book that I wrote too, it was in conjunction with another one. So I talked about the perfect labor storm, which is the world we're living in now. And simultaneously, I published a book called Understanding Business Values and Motivators. And, you know, sometimes you forget about it. To me, it's almost 20 years ago. And yet we just had a big order on Amazon for it. And there's a lot of interest in not necessarily how do we motivate people, but motivates people to do what they do. So we're going to be talking about that. So hopefully you'll stick around for the second part of the show. But right now, I wanted to bring on Nate Martin from Puzzle Break uh, just a few minutes ago, but was really excited, done a lot of reading and researching about him. He's got a fascinating company and there's multiple multiple topics that I'd like to, to talk to him about, to, to pick his brain, to share his insights. And so welcome to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show, Nate. Appreciate it. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And thanks for joining us. You're on the West Coast. We're on the East Coast. So we got got the U.S. covered. Glad to see you're doing well. Uh, you, you probably heard a little bit of background sharing the story, especially about video gamers. And all I heard for years was about you know, wasting your time. And here you are. So there's some lessons. We'll get to that. But tell us a little bit about you started a company in 2013. So it's not a brand new company, but it sort of is. And uh, so tell, tell us about your company, Puzzle Break, and, and what, what incented you to start that? Yeah, so, and that's absolutely true. That there's kind of two Puzzle Breaks. So in 2013, software executive, my co-founder, Dr. Lindsay Moore, she's a professor, and we learn about real-life escape rooms. These are physical rooms where groups of players are trapped and they have to work together to find clues and solve puzzles. And these had been video games in the 70s, even late 70s, 80s and 90s. These were popular video games. Lindsay and I love them. And then some years prior, some underground folks in Europe and Asia had uh, had tried this in real life. They had brought a video game to real life. We learned about the concept, immediately knew that this would be super fun to do with your friends and super successful to do with your coworkers. And it was only a matter of time until somebody brought it to America. So we thought, why not us? We created the first American escape room in Seattle in August 2013. Huge success. More rooms were on East Coast and cruise ships. We'd have portable experiences. We pivot a little bit pre-pandemic more into the kind of the corporate world. We, we create experiences really leaning into making folks um, better teammates, better workers, just improving morale across the board. And then the pandemic happens. And, you know, ours is not the only story of in-person business kind of having to figure it out. But we were able to very quickly, very successfully pivot some of our experiences 
into the digital space. We took a video game into the real life, put it right back into kind of a group video game. And over the past you know, year and a half, we have been seeing explosive growth, delivering virtual escape experiences, these team games for a remote workforce, now kind of a global market that's desperate to be brought together and have a good time. And it's been a real roller coaster. So I'm listening to you. This is actually reverse engineering because most of the times companies are looking for gamification. How do we take traditional learning or training or, or those experiences and convert them to a game so that it's more engaging, better response, faster learning, all that stuff? You actually did the reverse. You went from a physical space, right, from a game and converted that to a physical space. Yeah. The theme throughout my own personal career and what Puzzle Break represents is if there is a pyramid of mental health, human happiness, productivity, success. My own philosophy is that the base of that is fun. You can't have a ton of success in other areas if you're not having fun at some level uh, in a meaningful way. And so what we like to do is create this fun with purpose. And so gamification is very real because people respond to fun. They have a great time and they make these mental connections in ways that you just can't really get elsewhere. So we're, we're very happy that we're able to kind of meet this fundamental human need in a variety of ways for individuals and their companies they work for. Let's talk a little bit about what happens in, a, in an escape room because watch TV, you know, TV, watch streaming, <laughs> watch Netflix and Hulu and, and Apple, and you see examples of people going, stories of people going to this escape room. And it looks like, you know, they're out to break everything apart. You know, they're out to smash things. Yeah. Uh, so that's a stereotype. So, and the other part is, you know, I know you've been successful. You talked about making this, this shift to B2B from B2C. So you have games that are, you know, people are, are playing. And now you made a physical entity about that, that they can actually go in real life, participate in, not just with their, their thumbs and their fingers. And what is it? I mean, what's the value of doing that? Because I know a lot of my peers, I'm an, I'm an older baby boomer. I can, a lot of my peers, you know, yeah, this is for all young kids and I don't get it. But yeah, if they think it's fun, it's fun. But it obviously has value because you've worked with Microsoft, Deloitte, Starbucks. You've done it on a B2B and in a remote environment to be able to connect people, to increase engagement and collaboration. So I know that's well, a that's, lot. Yeah, no, there's a bit to unpack there. At its core, I should say there's a lot of flavors of escape rooms out there, many great stuff that target different audiences, but they all kind of share digital physical. The commonality is that you got a group of people working together, using their brains to conquer a challenge, often including we're finding hidden clues, making connections between things, frequently solving puzzles, sometimes physical stuff, often more mental challenges throughout an experience, usually about an hour, give or take to, you know, either escape a room or, or commit a heist or catch the people making a heist, or just having a lot of fun. And the trick here, what makes it so incredible, amazing, and Puzzle Break's true value proposition is you do this as a team. This is a collaborative experience. It's a cooperative experience. It's a shared experience. We're not just, I, you're not working on puzzle one and I'm working on puzzle two and she's working on puzzle three. We're working together and we're bringing our different skills to bear. And what, how we made kind of the B2B pivot, there's a lot of moving parts and logistics and, and how we scale and we can 
serve very, very large groups. But the biggest important thing that we did with the B2B pivot is at the content level, as they say, say, there's many different kinds of puzzles, many different kinds of escape rooms, is we make sure that there's something for everyone. Because, and this was the impetus back when I was at Microsoft and why you know we did Puzzle Break in the first place, team building events are terrible. They're just the least fun you can possibly have. There are many exceptions, but just you get dragged to these things. And if you do not have participant buy-in, they're not going to get anything from it. In fact, they could often bring other folks down and you have a net negative. So if you get people in any kind of team building event that want to be there, you've already won. So we engineer our content so that no matter who you are, if you were dragged there, if you desperately want to be there, young, very old, experienced or not, you're going to get something from this experience and you're going to get something while in collaboration with other folks. And it's a home run. And so we're seeing not only, you know, great success, you know, financially with our company, but our clients are like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. And we can't really crank these things out fast enough because there's very few activities out there that have the collaborative and professional development elements where you become better and your morale grows, dot, 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 and you have maximum buy-in. People want to be there. It's been really, really successful for everyone involved, and we couldn't be happier. What, what are some of, you know, whether it's a metric or whether, what are some of the benefits beyond just, we got more teamwork, we got more collaboration, you know, everybody gave you five stars. What changes have companies seen that have participated in this? So really depends on various companies. I'm going to kind of name a few, kind of jump out. A big thing that we, puzzle break keystones of these individual performance metrics that you approve upon. And a subset of one of these is, we'll say, surrendering authority. When you do a puzzle break room, you are, the CEO is right there with the interns and you're working together on the same task, the authority, you know, there's not a hierarchy or a bureaucracy. And the value of that, you know, you can kind of guess that, but until we started seeing that connections made between, you know, folks who otherwise would not socialize and connect, this is huge. And just like any workplace, no matter what you do, the collaborative element is important to how well you connect with other people. And kind of turbocharging that in a live fire, go escape this room, 60 seconds now, cannot really be overstated. And the other, you know, the concept of the third place, is this familiar? Somewhat. So, okay, for the benefit of folks who maybe don't know, Starbucks, coffee shops, barber shops, the idea when you're not at home, when you're not at work, there's often a third place mm -hmm. where you go and you make your connections, you're hanging out, social communities, nourishment for the soul. If you don't have something like that, it can be really draining and limiting and so people really really relish you know having a third place where they can go and build a community well what's the second place it's the office and so you have the enormous amount of time spent even now virtually it's still your social community is your coworkers, and unless there's deliberate outreach to really build those connections hang out with these folks you know really have this community you're not only losing something from a morale perspective you're losing something from a productivity perspective, both direct and indirect. You're losing something from just, not to get too wax poetical, from the soul level. You, you feel it whenever you, you start a new job, you don't know anybody. And so there's real value in building out that second place. We all talk about the third place and kind of commerce and how can you know I be the next Starbucks. Let's take one step back and where people are spending eight plus hours a day making that a rich and rewarding environment and building these relationships, productivity automatically follows.
So you're into the virtual escape rooms for 14 months, approximately. And what have, what have you learned? Were there any surprises? I'm sure there was some trepidation in the beginning. It was sort of out of desperation. We need a new business model. We need to go virtual with our escape rooms. But was there, what were some surprises, benefits beyond connecting people who were remote and working from home? What were some benefits that were derived from, from the virtual experience? So I guess speaking from our own kind of how we made the pivot, you know, we've been making these various interactive immersive team experiences for, you know, almost a decade at that point. And we're pretty great at it. And so when we sat down to make our first virtual experience, we thought, oh, we got this. This is going to be easy. Worry about the marketing next. And then we got that first thing out the door, started doing some testing. Like, oh no, there's <laughs> so much different in, you know, solving a puzzle. We're next to each other in a room versus I'm on this screen, you're on this screen. The exact same puzzle, the exact same content is received in a dramatically different way. And that echoes some of the most surprising learnings is that the exact same thing that we were doing, you were just sitting next to each other. It is a different beast when we are across the planet. And so having to engineer the content to really determine and turbocharge some of these interactions, it's hard. Remote, because maybe the biggest surprise is remote is hard in a way that you, we could have maybe thought about, but until we were all forced into this crazy global experiment, we had no idea. And so the challenges that companies face, just how do I bring my remote workforce and soon to be hybrid, we're working on some stuff there. Herculean, unbelievable. And so we immediately kind of scaled back like our grandiose designs of, you know, doing incredibly huge and, and nuanced things to just not to, you know, oversimplify, but really bringing people together. That was hard. And that was maybe the biggest surprise. And so when we just got people to have fun playing a game, that was probably the biggest challenge. And our customers, even in those early days, before we really started formulating the experiences to work on you do this and you work on that skill or you do that and you work on this skill, we're there now, but it took us a while to get there. And our customers at the beginning of the pandemic, they didn't even need that. They just, please, please, just something to bring us together, something to, for mental health. And I guess that's maybe the next we'll call it surprise, is mental health is something, is this kind of, we something we pay lift service to. Is, you know, work-life balance, what does that even mean? Oh, I don't, you know, I don't work too much and, and check that box. This was a real big deal. Mental health in this pandemic, we all felt it in one shape or another. It was harmful. We had to do something about it. And engineering puzzle content is our little way of moving the mental health needle in that second place community and really paying dividends, again, professionally, but also just socially and with mental health is critically important for employees and just citizens of the world. So when do, so, you know, I'm sitting back and I'm looking at this and I'm sort of struggling with this idea, you know, do I go, want to go hybrid? We understand the need to reach out to our employees to create, flex, you know, to be able to offer a flexible work experience and we're stuck. How can Puzzle Break help? I mean, how can your process help with getting people comfortable? With, because, you know, I think the number of companies that are going to be 100% on site and those that are going to be 100% remote are probably at the two extremes of the bell-shaped curve. So we're going to have a lot of this middle ground, you know, going there. So if, if I'm sitting back and, you know, hey, we know we're going to struggle. We already have recognized that some of these challenges that are up there. 
and they they call they reach out to you. What's the process look like? How do they, you know, what do they get started? They get started with you. So I'll begin by saying that you know I'll endorse the value of Puzzle Break for remote and, and hybrid until I'm blue in the face and and go and like about all the stuff. But to the employers out there, the first step is to do anything. So certainly everyone should reach out to Puzzle Break, of course. But you know if that doesn't make sense, it's not really your bag. The first step to being a successful leader at a company that's really trying to navigate these waters is make some kind of investment in, in time and resources to whether it's bring the you know together people together virtually or just invest in folks' mental health as we all try and navigate these waters. That's doing anything is so much better than doing nothing that there's a million right answers to this question. Now, for us specifically, we bring people together through a shared challenge and you know, we have virtual offerings for very, very large groups, very, very small groups, the gamut as we, you know, Delta variant emerges and folks kind of stay a little bit back and young folks, you know, continue working remotely. But we recognize the workplace isn't gone. And as folks go back to the office, and as you say, we're going to enter a hybrid world for the most part, this is a whole new set of challenges. So how do you deal with 30 people in the office and 30 people at their desks around the globe? So we're, for lack of a better word, doing it again. Sorry doing it again, where how can we create these shared fun challenges to bring people together where some of them are in the same place and some of them are remote. So we have hybrid experiences coming that the people on site are working on some stuff, the people remotely are working on stuff, and we're all kind of bringing folks together. Explaining that and showing some stuff is a little challenging in this this format, but the long and the short of it is connecting people. And once you've connected people, you can begin flexing other muscles. And I should say that teamwork is a muscle that none of us are born with. You have to learn at it and work at it. And so the way that we do it, again, through escape experiences and challenges, but just working at it through being connected to each other is really, really, really important for everything else. When you have those muscles and those connections are made, the morale is built, the rest follows and it's easy. So should everyone do puzzle break? Yes, of course. But as long as those muscles are worked out elsewhere, in addition and in concert with each other, you're going to see success, whether everyone's remote, everyone's hybrid, or everyone's in the same room. And truly, we can't predict what we're going to look at. So that's what leaders really need to be considering. I'm sure a one-hour experience with Puzzle Break, with using one of your one of the games or exercises, is transformational. But I also am suspect that after 60 minutes, that everything's so, all better. So what's yeah. Like beyond that. And yeah, to continue the muscle metaphor of just, you know, some weightlifting is better than no weightlifting, which is worse than, you know, an intense regimen. So having some kind of regular connective thing, you know, as great as we are, you probably don't want to be doing one of our things every single day. There's different ways to bring people together. And then also we have recognized exactly what you've said of like, you know, an hour of kind of some social connective tissue is fantastic. Super great return on your investment. But where from that? Is that the limit? The answer is absolutely not based on our direct experience and talking to customers. So we now have workshops. These are really deep, lengthy, harder, instructor-led curated challenges where it's a whole half day and check-in points of how did you expect this to go? Who's doing what? How can we do better the remaining thing? And so as fun as fun is, I don't recommend playing video games for 18 hours a day. I've tried it with mixed results. 
So he, and you can only can capture people's attention for so long. I don't know if you've ever been dragged to a team building event and it's, you know, three day workshop, you know, 10 hours a day by the end. I don't want to be a part of a member of team anymore. I'm going to go live in a cabin in the woods. So we are now striking a balance, really going deeper uh, because there's these uncharted territory. People are really responding to this of, yeah, this one hour, this is the most fun I've ever had. Can I have more? We're trying to meet that need with not just more of the same, but deeper stuff. How can we really challenge, you know, folks get into it a little bit, leadership and surrendering authority. And as I said, the puzzle break keystones, we really dive into kind of breaking folks down and building them back up as individuals, as members of a team and other performance metrics can't, it's a new world. It is unreal how, you know, I don't have to tell anyone listening to this, how there was pre-COVID and now it's absolutely crazy. And we have to throw all of our assumptions out the window. We're only beginning to get our arms around it ourselves. And we're very excited to kind of help other folks do that. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about you know, we have the new normal and, and the back to normal and the next normal and the future next. And and the best phrase that I heard, and, and then, you know, my listeners probably have heard this a million times already, is the never normal. Living in the never normal. And and it's true. And, and you know, so many people talked about, you know, clock struck, you know, 1159 and then it struck midnight on January 1st. And everybody said, thank goodness we got a vaccine. Businesses are opening regulations are being relaxed. We're going to go back to this normal. We're going to all show up back in the office in just a few months and we'll just resume our lives. And here we are in July. Surprise. Nothing, <laughs> not, nothing like that. And every day there's a different expectation, including you guys on the West Coast. I mean, we're getting your smoke, not your smoke from Washington. From <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, we're a little outside of the fire range. So it's, it's okay. well, nobody's outside of that because it's affecting <laughs> our air quality and, you know, talking about now 12 months a year where they're going to be wildfires and it's going to affect it's going to have its own climate and change that and and so we're going to continue whether it's whether 100 percent of the people get vaccinated there'll be something else that comes along that disrupts our lives and uh you, you know what you're doing is incredible because people are really really struggling with it when you were talking about you know difference of going from physical to remote it was is once people got past the technology hurdles the value of being on a zoom call was that everybody had an equal box it didn't matter if you were the ceo making 299 times more than the lowest worker everybody had a single box everybody was struggling with it and it, and it was really a democratization of the workforce now, a year later, you know, we're realizing that, well, we still need to be productive and, and what's that look like? And some people are comfortable coming back and some aren't. And though we really need some innovative growth tools like you've got to be able to handle that. Sorry, you were, I think it looked like you were going to say something there. Oh, no, this we're seeing pre-pandemic little fits and starts. We were seeing some innovative companies really like how can we go more remote for cost savings? And obviously the pandemic accelerated that experiment a million fold. And so, you know, to your point, never normal, even if everything resumed, go right back and, you know, COVID just gets sucked into space. Companies are now beginning to discover that, you know, there's challenges. We can save a lot of money by going partially or even fully remote. How can we solve these challenges? And so there's not a ton of historical data where we're making it as we go, but it's, we're not going to see the old normal is gone. It is just it's a fact of life. And we just have to figure out as a society how to navigate that together. And for the people who want to go back to the way it was and life was good and, and they 
wasn't good for everybody. You know, we talk about this all the time on, when we talk about diversity and inclusion and demographic. I, I always say if you go way, way, you know, it's occurred way before you were even conceived, you know, in, in the 19th and 50s and 60s, I always talk about, well, you look at the people of color, you know, what life was back then, but you look at women, you know, now, you know, the largest percentage of the workforce, you know, largest percentage of college grads, you know, certainly becoming, you know, leaders. But in, in the 1950s and 60s, you needed permission from your husband. You needed permission from your husband to get birth control. To open a bank account? To, to open a bank account, to get a loan. And if you wanted to go to a higher ed school, an Ivy League school, you couldn't because they didn't allow women. And now women make up the majority of the students. So is that the normal? I mean, that was normal in the 40s, 50s, and 60s to for, yeah, for that. It doesn't make it good. Yeah. So for some people, going back to the good old days was, you know, that was their normal and they had a good life and they were comfortable. We're never going back. That's for sure. So here's a question I end our conversations. Ask all our guests. 12 months from now, or we're July, last week in July, 2022. It's an eternity away, but it'll go fast. You're coming back on the air. What, what are we talking about? Man, well, if I if I was capable of getting this any degree of right, I... It's right as any... Uh, yeah, this is, yeah. yeah, what am I doing here? So the best guess is you can't know. My own take on this is I don't know. I truly don't know what the workplace writ large that Puzzle Break is trying to accommodate looks like. And so what we're constantly trying to do is see not necessarily 10 feet ahead, but maybe one, maybe two or three feet ahead. And so we're creating content for remote workplaces. We're, as I say, we're rolling out content for hybrid workplaces. We're rolling out content for deep dives, these half-day workshops. And then we just lean and pivot. So what does the workplace look like in a year? I truly don't know. But what we're doing at Puzzle Break is recognizing what it is going to look like in the short, medium term, positioning our infrastructure and our content to meet those needs, and then we're going to be right there with it. So my lengthy, breathy answer to your question, where are we in a year? We are positioned to meet the needs of whatever nonsense <laughs> the workplace looks like in a year. We will be right there to make it just a little less crazy. My answer to that question, when I'm asked that, is do you think it's going to be physical or remote or you know hybrid? And my answer is, I think yes. it's I think it's hybrid. I, my own personal answer is it's hybrid to varying degrees. You said it's a bell curve. I think that's spot on. I think we're going to have some companies they're all in the same space. Some companies they're fully remote, and a lot of us are just going to be somewhere. In and my answer to that question when when it's asked is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. All of them. Just so. Yeah. The question I did forget to ask, how small a group I and mean, how what's the smallest group? Four. That, we four, can serve oh, we can serve as few as four folks anywhere in the globe with our virtual content and we scale infinitely. It's really important that we can serve whole companies that really want to bring everyone together. So there's no limit. If you got three, you probably want to find a fourth person. Otherwise yeah. we got you covered. Yeah, because we mentioned Microsoft and Deloitte and Starbucks, obviously they got hundreds of you know, hundred thousand employees or more. So I was just wondering, because we have a lot of small businesses. So yeah, that's wonderful. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Nate? Puzzlebreak.us is your starting point for in-person stuff as we begin reopening, because let's not forget, we still do escape rooms, as well as our virtual stuff. Our hybrid stuff is coming, our workshops. Learn everything more, puzzlebreak.us. I'm on Twitter, a guy from tomorrow, and happy to chat with anyone about their their business needs, their gaming needs, as, as we, you know, you need, need some more fun in the new normal. I'm happy to help with recommendations for that as well. I appreciate it. Thanks.
Amazing. I love your story. Amazing story. Definitely be keeping tabs on you, following you. Recommend others do that as well. And hopefully you'll come back on and we can pick this up, maybe find out what, what it looks like. Yeah, or what they were about a year and how we got it right or wrong. Where you're developing. Love the story, your adaptability story. I will be using that. In fact, the Mars webinar that we have, Reimagine Tomorrow, is about adaptability. You know, where the skills that individuals and companies need to be adept and continue and innovate. So, really important. Story. It's never been more important. I, I completely understand. For sure. Thanks, Nate. I appreciate it. Stay safe. Keep up the good work. Thanks, you too. Another excellent guest. Amazing story. I wasn't kidding. Nate really has a great story. When the more I read about it, the more anxious I was in a bad way, the more excited I was to be able to have that interview. And I definitely will be following following him. And for anyone that is interested, please go to puzzlebreak.us. And anybody who's looking at improving the teamwork, collaboration, engagement, uh, employee experience, make that transition from whatever it is, if you're going physical to remote or physical to hybrid or remote to hybrid, Wonderful tools, real opportunity there to engage him. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we're going to hear from our sponsor, Success Performance Solution. We'll be right back for our second segment. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice. And yet, that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800 800- Welcome back, Googleization Nation, to Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Thanks very much for those who are just joining in. Appreciate you being here. For those who are continuing continuing to listen, uh, we had a great guest on the first segment. If you're just tuning in, please go back and listen to that. We talked with Nate Martin from Puzzle Break, puzzlebreak.us. We were talking about Remote rooms, we're talking about escape rooms, not remote rooms. They are escape. Now they're especially remote rooms because here's a company that about 16 months ago went from very one of the first companies in the country, or they call themselves the first company in the country that had escape rooms in the U.S. They went from millions of dollars to zero overnight. Uh, Within a few weeks, they transformed themselves, and now they're helping other companies increase team building, collaboration, cooperation, leadership skills, what it's like to work in both a hybrid and a work environment. They are still going to have their physical rooms, but they've been able to do this virtual and really an extraordinary company of what they do. We, tomorrow, and it segues nicely into this conversation, tomorrow we're going to, we're going to be talking about adaptability, what that looks like for companies. We're going to see the title of the webinar, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and registration is free, so there's still an opportunity to participate. Uh, the theme of it is reimagining tomorrow. We all need to reimagine it. Some of us are better off than others. We're going to be talking about the five abilities that each of us, each human being, not not only workers, but each of us uh, is going to need. And Nate was talking about the the, the 
the prioritization, I guess, of mental health and well-being. And we're seeing some of the ill effects of not addressing that come out in the workforce. And one of the benefits beyond talking about adaptability and reimagining tomorrow is beyond just the ability to innovate. It's beyond just the ability to transform And innovation does not have to be disruptive and transformational. It could be incremental. Something as what can seem as insignificant as changing your logo, changing your messaging, updating your website, uh, that could be innovative in a way engages or it attracts new customers. Obviously, there are new products, new services that you offer. There are improvements to the products and services you offer. But there are different people that are hardwired to do that. Anytime you try something new, you go out of your comfort zone, it's going to require some grit, which is your perseverance and resilience, because there's going to be setbacks. Not everything is going to be a cakewalk going forward. We're going to talk about the additional three abilities that we need to help our workers, individuals, and our family and friends and our and people in the community to improve. And those include, one is a growth mindset. Some of you may have been familiar with growth, growth mindset in the past. We've had some shows on that or, or just in your everyday reading about that. And growth mindset is, is really continuous learning. It's, but it's not just learning. It's the willingness to learn something, try something new, be curious, ask questions, not be afraid to make a mistake because as we as we train and we learn whether it's whether it's a work skill or whether it's a, something we do with the exercise we do at the gym whether it's some new routine that we need to get into it takes practice it takes practice to learn how to do it be comfortable build it into our routine become natural but along the way we're going to make mistakes so we need to have both the attitude that we need to learn that that we're going to, to make some mistakes. We're going to learn from those mistakes. And by doing so, that creates motion of hope because if we don't have hope, we don't do anything. We're not going to make those changes. So growth mindset is one. The other one, the fourth ability beyond grit, grit resilience, and growth mindset is mental flexibility. Uh, last week's guest on the show, we talked about this a lot, David Houle. We talked about cognitive dissonance. It's another name for men, what we call mental flexibility. And it's, and as David describes it, it's the ability to live in two realities at the same time. And we do re- live in two realities. In fact, if you listen to the media or the news, there's many times people are talking about there's alternate realities. And that's, that's that binary choice. It's theirs or ours. Which one's better? I don't like theirs. I'm going to stick with mine. And the reality of our world is we're going to have to, to, to live, be able to live in both realities simultaneously. And how do we make sense of that? How do we come together and, and keep the best of both worlds or allow free expression of both worlds and bring those together? And that's going to be very challenging. And there's some people that are really, really good at that. And most people are not. So that's, that's a really important skill that we're going to need moving forward. And then the final one is unlearning. And unlearning, we talk about learning, and that makes sense. Unlearning doesn't mean we do a brain dump, but learning doesn't mean you quit your job and you forget everything you've learned about it. Because there are experiences and there are skills that you might have learned 
a previous role, a previous job, even if you weren't working, you could have been parent at home and then now you're back in the workforce. And But there are skills you learn by raising kids and, and balancing life and dealing with crisis and, and accidents and mistakes and different personalities. How can you take those skills and bring those forward? But there are some skills. There are some things that, that we've done Depending on how old you are, you might have done them for five years, 10 years, 15. Some people have done the same thing over and over and over again for 30 or 40 years. And all of a sudden, in the post-COVID world, in this next normal world or this never normal world, they just don't work as well as they used to. So in the adaptability webinar, we're going to be talking about those five abilities what they look like. And then in future ones, we'll be talking about how do we improve those? How do we help people? improve grit and resilience. Yesterday's story, this week's story about Simone Biles, you know, dropping out of the Olympics because because she didn't feel right. She was protecting not only her physical self that she was afraid, not afraid, but she didn't want to injure herself, but also her mental well-being, the stress of that. And there, are, she's getting criticized for, you know, Simone Biles of all people, probably one of the greatest athletes and certainly one of the greatest gymnasts of all time doesn't have didn't have grit and she doesn't have resilience and she let other people down. But then there's the whole other aspect of that is did she exhibit the right way? Did she she exhibit her resilience in the best way that if you have high grit and you live by the motto of no pain, no gain, and regardless of the circumstances, you continue to move forward, that has its virtue, but it also has a very deleterious, a very negative effect, and, and sometimes a really damaging effect, a curious effect, not only a curious effect, but uh, high impact, because if she got hurt, you know, she could live with injuries for the rest of her life, and then how would people react to that? Is that a failure because after all she's accomplished, she fell off the beam or she didn't get it the highest marks? So again, there's, there's a whole lot of controversy about it. We're living in a world where we talk about we still put a tremendous amount of value on grit and resilience. We're going to need that. Every one of us is going to need it, but it's not enough to continue to grow. Grit and resilience is just going to keep us either coping or floundering. And we're going to get into tomorrow a little bit on the three levels. What are the stages of adaptability? So tomorrow, reimagine tomorrow. The registration is bit.ly forward slash reimagine tomorrow. Registration's free. Hope to see you there. In two weeks, I'll be sponsoring another webinar, and we're going to be talking about recruiting in the age of Googleization and invite you to participate in that. It's going to be a playbook for recruiting in the age of Googleization. We're going to talk about one of the most difficult times, big difficult challenges that any company is having are recruiting and attracting the right people. So way more than we can accomplish in, in a single webinar, but we'll be focused on one area and we're going to reach out to the participants and find out what are some of the biggest concerns they have or biggest challenges and, and address those and make this real life. I want to thank everyone again. Appreciate you being here for, you know, taking 45, 50 minutes out of your week, whether you're doing it live or whether you're at the gym or whether you're relaxing in your backyard or you're taking a walk or you're on your jog, however you're listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization, really appreciate that. If you have suggestions for improvement, if you've liked something, if you like the show, please please rate us, especially on 
Apple or Spotify or any of the other podcasts or leave your subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, please leave, you know, recommend us, like us, sponsor us, follow us, subscribe to us, whatever your method of choice is. But we appreciate you being here every week. Don't forget to join Googleization Nation, our community, growing community. We get new, many, many new people each week. And it's at GoogleizationNation.com. It's free to subscribe. And weekly or periodically, I'll send out updates about the webinars, some other events that we're having, talking about some of our guests on the podcast and so forth. So really appreciate uh, you being here. So a couple opportunities. One, free opportunity tomorrow to join us on Reimagine Tomorrow, the webinar. And then every day, you can be part of Googleization Nation. So we'll be back next week with another show. Appreciate, again, everybody being here. want to thank everybody for that. And until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans. Thank you.